it's a game. You know, I, people always talk about big game. This is a big game. I, I always say the same thing. I mean, it would be disrespectful to any other game to say one game is bigger than the other. It's another game. We're trying to be 3-0. and Brent Grimes. Oh, he's back, ladies and gentlemen, and so are we. A few extra bucks. I'm your host, Mike Neighbors. We'll get to our Bucks Insider, Roy Cummings, and a chat with our producer, Justin Thomas, as well, in just a second. Uh, but Brent Grimes was back at practice today, along with Vita Vea. And you hear Brent Grimes talk. Uh, boy, it just sounds like the veteran this young football team needs, especially in the secondary. Yeah, it's it's a big game, Monday Night Football lights, but uh, I like how he treats it like another game. Uh, before we get into reaction from Roy Cummings, uh, let's thank our title sponsors, House of Brews in Lutz, Florida, on the corner of Northdale Mabry and Van Dyke and Sea Dog Brewing, Brewing Company, two great locations in Clearwater and on the beach in Treasure Island. Uh, Roy, let's bring you in first. When you hear that from Brent Grimes, it's just another game. That's the mindset this football needs as they try to improve to 3-0 against the uh, uh, a big circus mess the Pittsburgh Steelers are coming into town. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and uh, that's exactly the the kind of attitude that this team needs to take into this game. Is um, you know, it's it's another important game. You got to respect the opponent. You can't look at uh, the issues that that are bothering them. Uh, you've got to take care of your own business. And by the way, I want to let our our listeners know that what you heard at the beginning of that interview with Brent Grimes there was not uh, Mike opening the door to his closet or Justin <laughs> opening the door to his bedroom, or me opening the door to the refrigerator in my house. That's the door to the locker room in the Bucks locker room because Brent Grimes has the locker right by that door. And as you can see, they need a little bit of WD-40. But the Bucks offense does not need any WD-40. That thing is humming right now, folks, and as you well know. Um, but the defense, not so much, and that's, that's really why uh, – Big news today with Brent Grimes coming back, uh, Vita Vea coming back, and Brent Grimes saying, hey, uh, we can't get too excited about 2-0. It doesn't mean anything because right now we got to be 1-0 this week. And uh, those are football cliches, but you know what? It's uh, it's how these guys think. Yeah, it showed how impressive the offense has been that you have this young secondary. And, uh, you know, you gave the numbers last podcast at MJ Stewart, our man, MJ Stewart, who we love in our rookie diary, but – he had a rough afternoon. You know, Carlton Davis is taking his lumps. And this defense, um, you know, they have been kind of up and down the first couple games. But here's what Mike Smith liked, the defensive coordinator for the Bucks in game number two in the big win over the Eagles. I think the biggest progress that we'd made as a defensive football team was that we were a lot better in our pass rush and putting uh, pressure on the quarterback. Uh, we got to him three times and we hit him. Uh, about a dozen times. That was probably the biggest thing. Now, Bo Allen is injured. We'll see his status. But JPP and Bo Allen both missed practice. Uh, you know, this is just the nature of the NFL, Roy, but they need these guys healthy. I mean, Jason Light, they made it a priority to step up this defensive line. And it's, it's almost as, you know, you lose Bo Allen potentially, you get Vita Vea back. It's a good thing they have depth. Or they tried to build depth on this D-line. Yeah, it is, uh, you know, and I don't think anybody expect you know, you certainly hoped at the beginning of the season when they were, uh, you know, when I was referring to this defensive line more like a hockey team with, you know, it was, uh, it, it was eight players deep. It's like they had two lines that they could just roll out there, uh, kind of like they do in hockey. But, you know, it's a little bit different here uh, because they've had injuries, but that's why you need the depth. Um, it's, it's very important. 
And, you know, I'd like to see what this team looks like when it's got everybody uh, going, but, and maybe they'll get to that point sometime soon. Like, as you said, looks like Vita Vea could uh, get in, maybe get a dozen plays or so in, maybe 20 some plays this week on Sunday. Uh, uh, that would be fabulous. Um, the loss of Bo Allen potentially hurts the team. They still don't have Mitch Unrein back. But at the end of the day, you got to like the fact that um, this team went out and built depth at a, at a very, very important position, a position where they were hurting much, you know, a great deal last year. And I wouldn't get too worried about the absence of JPP in practice. I think that's more along the lines of just getting him. It's all geared towards making sure that he's ready for Sunday or in this case, Monday, um, a veteran like him doesn't need a whole lot of practice. If he's got any little thing going on, and we know he's got a bit of a foot or an ankle problem, maybe a knee issue as well, uh, anything at all slowing him down, let him take a couple of days off, particularly the padded days. Uh, he doesn't need to get that body beat up anymore. So don't don't be too concerned about that. Uh, all he needs to do is uh, be ready to go on, uh, in this case, Sunday. I'm sorry, Monday. And you're going to get what you want out of him. So uh, a smart move by the Bucks. I think they're being really smart with the way uh, they're handling these guys. Yeah, Roy, you know, JPP missing OTAs really affected him during training camp. <laughs> but that's a whole different story. So, uh, you know, back to Vita Bea, you know, he, we have, it's almost uh, as if uh, he, he missed the entire training camp, didn't play in any of the preseason games, but good to have him back on the practice field. Here's what defensive coordinator Mike Smith Likes about Vita Vea. He wouldn't commit to him playing on Monday, but he, he loves this addition. And this is what he likes about Vita Vea if he can play on Monday. Vita's a big man. He's, uh, you know, he's going to demand four hands uh, on him. If they try to put two hands on him, he's going he's gonna to be a guy that's going to be able to, to get penetration into the, into the offensive backfield. We're just waiting for the word where he can get out and he can get out and help us. Roy, what do you think? You know, when you're a quarterback, obviously you need a lot of reps. When you're a cornerback, you probably need them. But what about defensive tackle? Is that is that a different position, or how would you look at that? If Vita Vea hasn't played the entire preseason, how much time do you think he needs to catch to be up to speed compared to maybe some other positions? Not much, really, because again, it can all with with the depth that the Bucks have at that position, they can really pick and choose where they want Vita Vea to play. If they want him in there as a pass rusher. It's straight ahead. You know what your job is. Go get the guy. Um, it's about as simple as it gets. If it's more uh, of a run-stopping thing, just make sure that he's in plays where his responsibilities aren't too great. It's a one-gap defense. His job is to just stay in that gap, plug anything that comes through there, and as Mike Smith said, take up four lines or four hands, which is two defense, two offensive linemen. So if he does that, uh, he's going to be effective. So in order for him to be effective, we really just a big like guy like that. He really just has to be there, you know, and, and, and then it's, it's just the basics. It's, it's, you know, it's shed and tackle for a defensive uh, lineman like that or shed and go after the quarterback. So uh, he's not going to have a whole lot of responsibilities in terms of having to read and react to stuff. He's going to be playing straightforward, go ahead football, um, go after the guy with the ball or, and in, whether it's a quarterback or running back. So pretty easy assignments for him. He could probably, as I said, step in there off a, a few days of practice and, uh, and play 20, 30 plays and give you what you're looking for. Uh, his biggest issue, probably going to be uh, fatigue. How soon does he get fatigued, especially uh, in this hot, uh, hot Florida environment? The good news is for the Bucks, it's a night game, so uh, maybe they get an extra 10, 12 plays out of him because of that. 
Let's talk about Brent Grimes. Uh, he opened the show as uh, a veteran would only say something like this, that, uh, yeah, it's great, the bright lights of Monday Night Football, but we have to treat it like another game. Here's what defensive coordinator Mike Smith said about the potential of having Brent Grimes back. It's going to be great to have him back today first <laughs> out there on the on the practice field and get him, you know, getting him reacclimated um, to, you know, to, to playing football. So uh, he's a very uh, good defensive back that is going to make us uh, a better defense. So we love having Brent out there. Boy, Brent Grimes, to me, is the quintessential veteran. Roy Cummings, you hear him speak. You know, just sounds like a guy who's been in the league for a long time. And he has that perfect mindset to be a corner where you know he doesn't get too high or too low. No, you're absolutely right. And again, he's, you know what, he's kind of like the Ryan Fitzpatrick of the defense right now. He's just, yeah. he's been at it for so long. Uh, and he's, he's, a, he's a smart guy. And he, again, he, he's just a very level-headed guy. Um, and one of the few that you really see. I mean, the funny thing about it is as much as they talk about it in the NFL, it's hard for players to really, um, you know, look at situations and, and be as calm and, and just kind of taking it as it is as, uh, as people want them to or their coaches want them to because, look, everybody gets fired up. They want to play. Um, you know, they're excited about the game coming up. Uh, they want to do well, stuff like that. They're, they're 2-0. and uh, It's hard not to get excited, but – Brent Grimes has been there. He's been 2-0 before. He's been 0-2 before. He knows that the most important football is still going to be played in November, and if you're just hanging around around 500 or something up until that point, you got a shot at doing something special. So he knows that right now his biggest job is get ready for week my week one, make sure that I can play you know my highest level possible, and then go out there and execute at that highest level. That's That's kind of how he looks at it. Okay, Roy, this team has a great opportunity, and I can speak as a, as a guy who's not playing, obviously, but the Bucs, you know, many didn't think they would be 2-0 going into this Monday night game. Many around the country thought this team may have two, two wins, frankly, or one win, or maybe they would win one of the first three games. The first three games were such a you know, big talk before the regular season started. Um, but I, I noticed in this locker room, you know, they, they – um, you know, they, they, I don't think they expected this, but there's a lot of confidence about this football team. I caught up to Donovan Smith in a group interview in the locker room today and asked him, frankly, is this team surprised? Because so many people around the country are surprised. Are they surprised at all with their success so far? Are you surprised? It doesn't matter, I think. Okay, then. So it doesn't matter that question. I mean, yeah. all that matters is, is us in this building. So. Um, you know, you guys have your opinions and everything. You know, we know who we are. Donovan Smith, not happy with that question, Roy. But I, you know what? I like the confidence of this football team. The fact that, uh, you know, they're not going to obviously – no player's going to admit that uh, they didn't expect success. I was just interested to see what he would say. But I like the confidence of this football team that they did expect bigger things. Yeah, and I, and I think they had a reason to. Um, look – you and I are closer to this team than a lot of people, um, and we're not fans, so we're not going to look at it, you know, and believe what we want to believe um, or think that there's something there that really isn't. Um, but at the same time, I think you and I both felt that this team was capable of doing a lot more and being a lot better than uh, than it was, and I think Justin feels the same way. You know, I mean, I had them as a 9-7 and seven football team this year, and uh, I know you picked them to go 7-9, and nine, but... Uh, you also could see where uh, where they had the ability to be a little bit better than that, 
And I think they feel the same way. I think they all look at it as, as last year was not who we really are. We were hurt last year. Uh, we had a few things go against us, uh, like the hurricane uh, f- forcing us to have a false start to the season. A few other issues developed. Uh, the running game never got going because the running back wasn't around for a month at the start of the year. Um, I think they realize there are a lot of mitigating circumstances that led to last year's um, disappointing uh, outcome. And they know that they're a better football team than this. The other thing that's going on here, and you got to remember, especially if you're an older fan um, and you've been around this for a while, these guys are, you know, somewhere in their, somewhere between 23 or 24 and in, in obviously in Ryan Fitzpatrick's case, 36 years old. So at that age, especially the younger guys, this is all kind of new to them, what I'm about to explain. This whole idea of nobody out there believes in us. They all think that we're terrible. That to me, I mean, to me at my age now, that's kind of kind of a silly uh, motivational tactic. But when you're 23 and you're on a team and nobody thinks you can do anything, well, you kind of got a, well, I'll show them attitude. I mean, mm-hmm. Mike, if somebody said, I can't believe you two clowns have a podcast, <laughs> Justin, nobody's going to listen to that thing. What, what would our reaction be? Our reaction yeah. would be, well, we'll show you, you son of a gun. And yeah. that's what it is times 53 and times, you know, a 23-year-old uh, level of testosterone and uh, vim and vigor and everything else. And, you know, so that motivates these guys. And that's a little bit of what you got from uh, Donovan Smith today. It was a little bit of, hey, what do you think? Well, you may, might, may have surprised you, but it didn't surprise us because we know that we're capable of being a lot better. I think when you're a reporter, sometimes it's like being an attorney. When you litigate, not that I'm an attorney, but um, I grew up around attorneys, so I've, I've learned this. Sometimes you ask questions that you know the answer to, but what makes you different than a lawyer is I want to see how he would answer it. I knew what he would say, but I want to see how he would answer it. I want to know the passion. I mean, frankly, Roy, we can delve into this a little bit. I hate locker room interviews. I hate them after the game. I hate them during the week. Um, I, I much prefer talking to a guy one-on-one, uh, really getting him away from um, and from everything. It's, it's always an awkward thing, especially when you want to ask a question. It's all context. If I asked Donovan Smith that question, I think away from everybody, I think I would have got a different response because he would have known maybe where I was coming from. But besides all that, you're absolutely right. This team, you would expect them to act that way. Um, you know, we'll never, I'm sure that, that they're surprised that Fitz magic is playing the way he has, but I think you've talked about this for, for a long time in these podcasts. This is a talented football team. They have a lot of talent in a lot of areas and they know that they should have played better last year. And they're finally playing the way that they're capable of. And, uh, they're taking a lot of pride in that. Yeah. And they should take a lot of pride in it. Um, look, I think the Bucks realize that. They missed out on a great opportunity last year. Everybody was in love with them going into the regular season. Um, and they let a lot of people down. They let themselves down. And they let a, let a lot of fans down. They had a chance to kind of take uh, take us. They had a chance to do something last year that the Bucks have seldom have ever done before. And that's kind of like be kind of the focus of, of, the, of the whole NFL. The only time that's really happened before is, when the Bucs have, you know, a couple of times when they've gone to the playoffs and made it deep into the playoffs and obviously won a Super Bowl. Um, other than that, seldom are the Bucs the talk of the NFL. But they were the talk of the NFL last year, and they had a chance to be up there right there, right there with the Eagles and the, 
and the Cowboys and 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 those you know the Packers, all those teams that everybody always talks about all the time. They had a chance to be in that conversation, and they blew the opportunity. And I think they realize, you know, and believe me, this matters to these guys. Um, they realize now we had a chance to be you know to become one of the elite teams and one of those teams that everybody's always talking about and respects. And we kind of blew it. Now we've got to make up for that lost opportunity. Best way to do it is go out there and play our best football, and they're doing it. Yeah, I mean, the words be envious haven't really been around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but now everybody may be envious after watching them on Monday night because this is a football team, Roy, that has a chance to really show the country. And I know I like what Brent Grimes says. You know, They're not approaching it that way, or he wants to make sure they're not. But, boy, if they can uh, do something on Monday night, you've covered this team for a long time. They lost a lot of primetime games for years because they didn't make the playoffs. They didn't have an identity. They didn't have a lot of marquee players. But now they have a whole bunch of them. You know, that's why this game is so big in terms of the big overall picture. Yes, it's about winning football games and all that stuff. But, again, the Bucks want to be more than just, you know, the best team in the NFC South or, or, or a playoff contender or even a Super Bowl contender. You know, deep down in, in their hearts, the Bucks want to. They want to be one of those teams that everybody talks about. That everybody knows the names of everybody on their team, and everybody can't wait to have OJ Howard and and Mike Evans and and uh, Peyton Barber on their fantasy teams. It's the team that everybody looks for, and they want to buy their jerseys and all that stuff. And the way you do that is you go out and you beat the crap out of a team like the Steelers, who are that and have all that on Monday Night Football. And so this is a bit of a of a test for the for the Bucks in that regard because. This is an opportunity to show uh, an NFL public that basically wasn't paying any attention to you. Hey, we're for real. Right now, there's still a lot of people out there that say this is a fluke. And you can't argue with those people because, you know, the Bucks have beaten two teams that are pretty good or were pretty good last year. But uh, they won't be believed until they've done it again and again and again. And their next again is this week against Pittsburgh. You know, you always see it on Monday Night Football and, and young players. Uh, maybe it's a coming out party for them. You know, maybe on Monday Night, Roy, it could be a coming out party for O.J. Howard. And, you know, Cam Braid's a great player, got the contract in the offseason. He wasn't targeted once against the Eagles. I mean, it's become the O.J. Howard show at tight end, even though you, you know, I'm not forgetting about Cam Braid, but he had the 75-yard burst, and he leads the NFL. I know it's only after two weeks in yards after a catch. Um, here's what O.J. Howard said about his uh, star kind of being on the rise right now. I've always known that was a big part of my game, to try to get the ball in my hands and try to score with it. So um, I think that just comes with it, you know, with the type of ability that I have. I mean, to me, he kind of huh, symbolizes the Bucks, Roy. I, I, you know, people knew O.J. Howard at Alabama, but, you know, he, he emerged late last season. But, but he's the kind of guy they never expected that they, <laughs> he would be around when they drafted him a year ago. I mean, O.J. Howard, to me, is a guy who's going to be fun to watch how much he's going to get better and better and better every week. And, and we could see a lot of things on Monday. Has a chance to be uh, the best tight end in the NFL and for, for a long time. And that's what's exciting. And we're, we're, just, we're just starting to see you know, the tip of the iceberg with him. There, there is a lot more there that he can do and, and and a lot more that he can bring to this team. And it, it's going to be fun to watch the development of this guy for sure. Um, there's a lot more of what we saw of him last week uh, in him. And you're, you're going to see more and more of it because the Bucks are just going to continue to, to take advantage of him. And the more defenses pay attention to him, the more opportunities are going to open up for other people. So 
Uh, he's a guy to, to watch, no doubt about it. And uh, it's going to be, you know, there's going to, I believe the day will come when uh, O.J. Howard is the Buccaneers' best player. And he's not, he's not there yet, but he's close. But uh, that day's going to come, and it's not too far off. You talked about this team being a fluke. You know, everybody around the country, you know, not everybody, but you hear a lot of critics of this team. When's the Fitzmagic bubble going to burst? Well, you talk to the receivers on this football team, and they can't say enough great things. I mean, Mike Evans made it a point in the locker room today to say, you know, I don't know if you realize how accurate this guy is on all his throws, his short range, his middle range, his, his deep ball. Everything's been right on the money. And a big key to his success, Roy, has been getting rid of the ball fast. And if you don't believe me, just ask Adam Humphrey. Yeah, um, I think you can see from a lot of a lot of the deep routes to Sean's run. You know, he's he's letting it go early and you know letting Deshaun run under it. And uh, like I said earlier, that's that's big for you know run after catch and being able to turn a sixty or forty yard catch into a 60, 65, 70 yard touchdown. So um, you know that's it's great for Fitzy to do that. It's it's good for him to give us a chance to make a play. And Adam Humphreys also talked about uh, this is the number one offense in the NFL right now. Why is that? Just doing what we've done all, all training camp. Um, you know, we like I said from the beginning, we've had a lot of confidence in every guy in this locker room, and um, you know we've uh, you know worked really hard at you know what we do and at our craft, um, and uh, you know it's 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 paid off on game day. There's that damn door again, Roy. But uh, you're, <laughs> you talk about his locker is by a different door. <laughs> That's right. He's on the other side. Yeah, there's, exactly. there's two doorways into that, uh, two double doorways into that locker room, and Adam Humphreys is next to, right next to one of them, and Brent Grimes is next to the other. <laughs> and I think Deshaun Jackson is often hiding behind the door because we never see him in open locker room ever. <laughs> yeah, he, he's uh, he usually disappears during that uh, that open segment for us. That's a veteran move. Hey, what do you make of the you know what he said about Fitz getting rid of the ball? I mean, that's. That's been a big key, hasn't it? Well, it has. And, and first of all, he's had time to scan the field. There's a couple things at play there. Number one, he's had time to scan the field. And I'm not talking about three, four, five seconds. He All, all uh, a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick really needs is a couple of seconds. He's been given those couple of seconds plus to scan the field uh, and find the open receiver. And here's the biggest difference. The receivers are getting open. The receivers have been running away from defenders these first two weeks. Um, and that's made it a little bit easier on Ryan Fitzpatrick. So the protection is there. The receivers are winning. They're one-on-one battles, um, and, and obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick knows where to go with the ball against the defenses he's seeing, particularly the zones when he sees them. So um, all, those thing, all those things are at play, and when all those things are working in your favor the way they have for the Bucks, well, you see the results, number one offense in the league. What do you think of Fitzmagic right now? I mean, he's gotten so much attention uh, you know, the first two games have been just off the charts. Then he has the post-game presser. And you know he's not going to get too high or too low. I love what you said that Brent Grimes is the Ryan Fitzpatrick of the defense because both of them have that same kind of veteran mindset where they don't get too excited or they don't get too upset. But uh, how long How long is this going to last? I mean, I guess that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? I'll tell you what. I think the Bucks are going to ride this guy until it doesn't last anymore. But it can last. Look, there's no reason to believe this can't last for 16 weeks. I mean, why would anybody suddenly think that something is going to change uh, uh, two weeks from now, a month from now, three, you know, three months from now? This is what Ryan Fitzpatrick is capable of doing. And as I just said, with the talent he's got around him at the receiver position, at tight end, he's doing it right now without a whole lot of a running game. You expect that to get better. So as long as the protection stays, 
as long as the Bucks are healthy or somewhat healthy at wide receiver, and as, as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick is given time, there's no reason to believe this can't go on for weeks and weeks. I mean, really, this is what he's capable of. This is not a, uh, an, an anomaly. Uh, I understand that for the most part, Ryan Fitzpatrick has you know, played backup caliber quarterback in the NFL, but he has had seasons where he's played like this for long stretches. And I believe it's certainly can. Now, look, he is going to have a clunker of a game somewhere along the line. Um, the key is how does he bounce back from that clunker? And really, maybe maybe the key is after this week, is he allowed to bounce back from the clunker? It depends on how big of a clunker it is. Um, but right now, there's no reason to believe that this cannot go on for weeks because this is truly what he's capable of. He's done something like this before, uh, played at a very high level, um, and and he's you know granted he struggled too, but he's done this before. And and as you said, I don't think he's ever been surrounded by a better team overall. I don't know if he's – he may have played in front of a better line, but not much better, and I promise you he's never been surrounded by more talent than he is right now, and he's got a couple of pretty good guys uh, designing the offense for him as well, guys who have proven to be pretty successful at what they do. So um, I think everything's working for him. I don't, I don't see any reason why this can't continue. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, the Bucks defense, as we jump back on the defense before we get to the highly anticipated three-and-out segment – Speaking of quarterbacks, the Bucks defense is going to face another future Hall of Famer. They faced Drew Brees in week one. Now it's time for Ben Roethlisberger. And you really can't blame Roethlisberger for the Steelers not winning so far. I mean, he's thrown for over 300 yards in one game, over 400 in another. And Vinnie Curry and Jason Pierre-Paul talked about the challenges of facing Big Ben. You just got to try to get a good angle on him, man, because at the end of the day, you might bounce off. Like, I don't know how he does it, but... You know what I mean? That's what made him great over the years. You know, obviously he's going to be a, a future Hall of Fame. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Uh, you know, he's a great quarterback, man. You know, it's hard for him to get hard to bring him down. You know, you got to get two hands on him. He ain't just an arm tackle. Big Ben won a Super Bowl in Tampa. Boy, that was a heck of a game, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should have been the Arizona Cardinals. You know, my one of my favorite uh, memorabilia items is after that game on the media bus, a lady was selling uh, Arizona Cardinals World Championship T-shirts. I guess before they shipped them overseas, yeah. which they do. I have one of those at home, so that's always that's one of cool. my favorite uh, things. But uh, I'm going way off the tracks here, as we sometimes do. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, you know what? What you know? We haven't brought up the name Jameis Winston yet, but a lot of people compare Jameis to Roethlisberger when he was coming out of college, right? Uh, I was one of those, yeah, and I still think it's a valid. Uh... Uh, comparison. I really do. I mean, size-wise, that's they're the same kind of guy. Uh, Jameis runs the ball a little bit more, obviously, certainly now than uh, than Roethlisberger does. But they're both the same kind. I mean, they're going to stand in there in the pocket and they're going to take their hits, but they're but they're going to both be pretty sturdy and and try to play through a lot of injuries and, and play hurt and stuff like that. And uh, you know, they're going to take chances too with the ball. They're they're both kind of gunslingers, really. I mean, Jameis probably more so than Ben Roethlisberger, but. Um, yeah, they are very similar. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Well, before we get to three and out, uh, you know, I'm going to throw some, a new wrinkle in for you. We're going to do three and out, and we're also going to do predictions. Um, and uh, I don't know if we need to have a trophy at the end of the year. We'll figure that out later. But, uh, uh, Justin, uh, we haven't heard from you yet. You're, you didn't go Vontae Davis on you, on us, did you? No, actually, I am sticking around this time. Okay, perfect. Well, since you're here – and you know what time it is. Can we hit the music, please?
Three and out, baby. We love the theme song. We love the segment. Three questions for Roy Cummings and sometimes Justin Thompson, sometimes all three of us. But uh, we have not gone over these with Roy. Uh, sometimes Justin gets a sneak preview of this. But uh, I'm very excited about these questions. Roy, are you like this segment? You're ready for anything usually, aren't I, I you? I love this segment. I, 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 love, I love talking football and anything else you want to throw at me, man. Okay. And uh, by the way, we didn't forget about uh, the third question. Uh, so you may have a hint of something we talked about last time that we're going to bring back. So that's kind of a sneak preview. But anyway, here's our first question in our three and out. Fitzmagic, you know, unbelievable numbers. But what people don't really see about Ryan Fitzpatrick is he has 181 career passing touchdowns. Um, let me ask you this, Roy. That's a lot of touchdowns in a career. Um, who, Which one of these quarterbacks – does he have more touchdowns than in a career? And these are pretty big names. Which one of these three, okay, have fewer than Ryan Fitzpatrick when it comes to career touchdowns? Joe Namath, Troy Aikman, or Bart Starr? Which one has fewer than Fitzpatrick? Yes. He has 181. Does Joe Namath, Troy Aikman, or Bart Starr, which one of those guys has fewer lifetime touchdown passes than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And by the way, all three of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, they are. Uh, that's an incredible stat. I'm going to say Bart Starr. How about all three have less touchdowns Whoa. than Ryan Fitzpatrick? Whoa. How about that? Wow. I knew one of them, but I didn't know all three. Wow. Yes. Ryan Fitzpatrick has 181 touchdowns. Joe Namath has 173. Troy Aikman has 165. And Bart Starr has 100. And 52. How about that? That is incredible. Isn't that amazing? Man. I'll tell you <laughs> what. The guy the guy's had a pretty good career, obviously, huh? Yes. Yes. Man, that, 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 there you go. Longevity, man. It's about longevity. Yeah. That makes you believe if you're a Bucks fan. Yang. Exactly. All right. I love asking you this question. I've asked you this about other people before, but uh, – you know, we like to have fun in three and out. It's not all, all serious stuff. And we always end with pop culture. So please stick around if this is the first time you're listening to our podcast. But if you could take a cross-country trip with one of these ex-Buccaneer head coaches, you got to drive from – you got to pull out of your uh, uh, driveway and drive to California with one of these guys, okay? Okay. John Gruden, Tony Dungy, Raheem Morris, Lovey Smith – Greg Schiano <laughs> or Dirk Cutter. Wow. No Lehman Bennett, huh? Um, no, no. Or John McKay. It, it's not It's not even close for me. It's, it's Tony Dungy. I, I, I should have taken Dungy out. Okay, I'll take <laughs> Dungy out. If I got to take oh. Dungy out. I, I'm going to take Dungy out. Okay, you take Dungy out. Raheem. Yes. Raheem's a hoot. Okay. Raheem is a great guy. I'll tell you, that, that'll be a fun trip with Raheem. Okay, who's next? Greg Schiano. Oh, no, really? <laughs> okay, so we're down to love. I want to get inside that head. and I want That's to- what I was thinking. I, I want to know if he's really as weird as he seems. Yeah, see, I don't think he is. And I, I want to get inside that head and say, all right, wh- what's the deal here, pal, with this and this and this and this? What's the deal? He would be controlling your AC the whole time. He would have the AC at 57 degrees, so uh, – all right, wow. this is like this is like Survivor now. We got Gruden, Lovey, and Cutter. Who you got? Um, 
I guess I'd take Gruden at that point. Oh, no. <laughs> Here's the thing about Lovey's boring. Yeah. You know, and and Cutter, he, he'd be good. You know what? Cutter would be great because if you could get him talking football and he would, you know, get off his high horse, you could actually yeah. learn a lot from him. You know, but I think he's so guarded all the time. He's afraid to give you the secrets to the, you know, to the castle. Um, you know, so I'm afraid he, we would never tell you anything. So it'd be kind of boring, I think. And I, also, I don't know what kind of music he likes, you know, but um, so I, 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 I'll take Gruden, I guess. So Cutter would be like Monk and Colin plays. Like if you drove the whole way, he wouldn't admit it to the media. Well, I'm not going to tell you guys because I may have driven too that's a little what I'm bit. Afraid of. That's exactly what I'm afraid of. <laughs> All right. So Cutter or Lovey? Cutter. Oh, Lovey loses. Lovey loses. He's, he's boring. <laughs> Lovey's boring. Oh, my goodness. That's an upset there. I should never have thrown Dungey in there because, yeah. I, you know what, though? I would pick Gruden first. Really? Oh, I love Gruden. Wow. All right. I wouldn't want to work with him, but I think he would be fun. And you know what? He has the free Hooters cards, so he would pay for everything. <laughs> well, I've got one of those half-off cards, so <laughs> I can get his half. <laughs> But he's, he's going to get it for free, so that's, that's a real good point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Justin, uh, if we take Dungy out, I know you don't know these guys as well as Roy and I, but who would you take? Well, it's funny because I, I kind of was thinking Greg Schiano. I just – he, like Roy said, is kind of fascinating. I'd like to pick his brain. But I think from a pure personality standpoint, you got to go with Gruden. He, he's just – like you said, Mike, he cracks me up. No. Oh. So. I'd have to go pick Frank Caliendo up and then loosen the whole thing up too. Right. All right, Roy, we talked about this last time. You kind of brought it up and I wanted you to stop uh, because I love teasing our A Few Extra Bucks audience a little bit. And we love throwing pop culture. We love going random kind of off the off the boards here a little bit. Um, favorite Tom Hanks movie or, or more importantly, the best Tom Hanks movie ever. What was it? Well, it, it you know both of them could you could give different answers to because he's done so many great ones. Um, but first of all, I, I, I learned something about you in every show, and I cannot wait to hear the answer because uh, I, that's how I feel. Really yeah, I'm, right. I'm curious. All right, here we go. I, I think the best one was Saving Private Ryan. All right, um, but I think if 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 I had to pick one and say okay, you get to watch one. Tom Hanks movie, what's it going to be? You know what it's going to be? This is off the charts. Oh, no. Oh, no. Catch me if you can. Oh, that is a good Leonardo one. Leonardo DiCaprio's in it. It's, oh. a, it's based on a true story about a real guy, and it's great. The chemistry between those two guys is fabulous. I think it's a very underrated movie. And, uh, of course, Hanks is great. But, you know, I mean, Castaway is kind of depressing. Um, so that's mm-hmm. tough for me. Um, you know, Big is great. He plays a kid. He does it exceptionally well. Apollo 13, uh, very well done. Uh, Philadelphia, again, kind of depressing, tremendous acting. Uh, Captain Phillips, the same way. He plays, he plays a lot of real people who went through a lot of, you know, uh, trouble and heartache and stuff. But I think Catch Me If You Can, uh, to me, it's one, it's, it's really just a, it's just a good, fun movie to watch. I've never seen it. You, you, you need to. It's good. You need to. It's really good. Justin, what do you think? Best Tom Hanks movie ever. Well, I kind of like Roy. I broke it down into two different categories. I think best performance, both of mine, by the way, are kind of out in left field. But 
best performance, I kind of have to say Castaway. When you can have a person carry the movie by himself with Wilson, the volleyball, but carry the whole movie and make it entertaining, make you feel everything he's feeling all throughout his whole ordeal, that's, to me, incredible acting. And I think his best movie, it, it, I'm not necessarily saying it's his best, but I think probably one of his biggest movies from the standpoint of how much it influenced film after that would be Toy Story. I mean, that movie changed animated movies afterwards. That's a good point. All right. And here's just, just for those listening, and, and you know what? I would love it if somebody – I would love to hear debate on this from the people listening. Uh, you know, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is. Uh, tell us we're, we're, we're way off the mark here. But here's one that's way out of left field. That thing you do. Oh, love thing. I love that. Great. You know what, too? He directed that. Yeah. Oh, Roy Cohn. It, the song is exceptional. It, it's great pop, 60s pop, okay? And, yeah. and and then the story is really fun. And I love I love when they when they end up in the concert finally on TV because right. they steal the whole thing from, the, like, the Beatles' first, uh, right. first appearance on Ed Sullivan where they introduce the guys and all that stuff and everything else. I mean, a lot of that is taken – you know, right from the Beatles stuff. So there's a nice connection there for me because I'm such a Beatles fan. But that is, I think that is his most underrated best movie. What so about nobody, what nobody, about Roy from a, a baseball fan perspective? How do you feel about A League of Their Own? Uh, exceptional. Exceptional. It's yeah. in the top five, and I don't think it gets enough credit. Usually when you, you see people rank their movies, it's somewhere in the middle of the pack. Um, but I look, I, again, I think it's one of his best acting jobs ever. I love him in that one too. Yeah. So nobody's saying Forrest Gump, huh? Oh, Mike, you're you're all alone. <laughs> and 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 believe it or not, that's what he won the Oscar for. Yeah. They just want to make sure he I got would... it before it was too late. <laughs> I love the ping pong scenes. I'm a sucker for those. You know? <laughs> it is a good movie. I mean, here's the thing: is there a bad Tom Hanks movie? I don't think there is. That's. I think I agree. I think that's the harder question. Trying to find a really bad. Turner and Hooch. No, even that has its has its moments. Yeah, and I, I never really saw that. That's one of those I'm like flipping around. Nah, I don't really want to see that today, and I never got around to it. One of those deals. Well, listen, that was good stuff, guys. How about that, Roy? As always. <laughs> the big losers: Forrest Gump and Lovey Smith, and Three and Out. Yeah, exactly. Well. Nice. You know, be envious. Uh, that's, that's <laughs> All right. Well, listen, man, great job. Uh, before we go, let's get predictions. Uh, who's going to win this game? Monday right. night. Um, Bucks fans are going to be upset with me, but uh, I'm not oh, no. crashing down. Um, but um, they, they get a little bit of a comeuppance here this week. Um, Steelers are desperate. Steelers are used to Monday night. A lot of people don't believe the Bucks are for real. Um, the Bucks take it on the nose on this one, something like 27-23. wow. Roy Cummings always surprises me. That thing you do, Roy yeah. Cummings. <laughs> right, Justin, what you got? It's funny because I've lately become a believer, and so I think it's going to be a close game, but with all the turmoil going on, I don't know what's going on in that locker room and Pittsburgh. I, I'm going to pick the Bucks to – Pull off a close win. What's the score? I'm writing these down. Um, 
I think it'll be a little bit higher. Let's go with 30, 28. Okay. Guys, I'm, I'm predicting a Bucks blowout. Wow. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I think this is a team in disarray. I think uh, there's a lot of problems with Pittsburgh right now. I don't think their defense is what it used to be, and that's a good thing for Fitzmagic and the offense. I think uh, it's it's one of those nights where people were like, oh, yeah, Tampa Bay still has a football team. Maybe we should pay attention to these guys now. And I think it's a great story. I think the defense plays a lot better with Brent Grimes. I think Vita Vea may even get in there. And I love the fact that this team has won, you know, not having a lot of those guys on, on defense – I'm going to say Buccaneers win 42 to 24. Wow. 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 Holy cow. I love that. We, we, we're all over the place with this. Uh, <laughs> we really are. Yeah. So I'll, I, we'll see what happens, guys. But listen, from Tom Hanks to Lovey Smith to Vita Vea to Mike Smith, we covered it all. But uh, we'll see what happens. But we're excited because the Monday night game, we're going to have a podcast right afterwards. We're going to have an extra slice for you, which means an instant reaction from Roy and I in the field. So we'll have a lot of coverage for you after the Monday night game. But uh, we appreciate you logging on to pewterpirates.com. Remember, you can subscribe. It's free. We won't charge you anything. Uh, and we'd like to thank our title sponsors, House of Brews and Sea Dog Brewing Company. So for Justin Thomas, our esteemed producer, great job pulling all the sound down. Roy Cummings breaks it down like no other and gives us quality takes on uh, pop culture as well and cross-country rides. I'm Mike (laughs) Neighbors. Until next time, we'll see you.